Well, it was 20 months ago to the day that I stood here ready to preach my first sermon on October 9th, 2011. I was new to you, and you were new to me, and I was embarking on my first experience as an intentional interim pastor, and you were embarking on a journey of transition. As our paths converged, none of us really knew what the way ahead looked like or where it would lead us. Knowing this, I remember thinking long and hard about the appropriate text for preaching on that particular Sunday. I mean, what biblical story could help us understand what we were experiencing? What story could help shed light on our own story? Well, the story that came to mind was that about the Israelites wandering through the wilderness, and that became the focus for that first sermon. The people of Israel had been liberated from slavery in Egypt, and they were headed for the promised land. But in the meantime, they were making a journey on a roundabout way through the wilderness, and it felt very roundabout for those people. The wilderness was a place of some difficulty, and it was a place of struggle, but it was also a very important place of preparation. It was there that the people of Israel received guidance and instruction so that they would be prepared to enter the promised land. And you know, that's truly how I viewed the months that loomed ahead of us here at East Chestnut Street together. As wilderness preparation months. As traveling time from the old to the new as an opportunity to get ready for the new realities that lay ahead. And so we began the journey together. We owned it. We learned from each other as we traveled together. And we experienced God's rich provision along the way. And now our time of wilderness preparation is over. And it's time for a new story. And again, the question that came to me was, what biblical story can help us understand what we're experiencing? What story can help us see our own story in new light? And the story that came to mind this time is the story about how the people of Israel, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, are finally ready to cross the Jordan River and enter the promised land. Now, this story may feel a bit problematic. First and foremost, because as the people of Israel move into this new land that they've been promised, they go to war and they dispossess the people that have been living there. And that is not a part of the story that we embrace. A second thing that gave me pause was that it's probably not, not probably, it isn't fair to Pastor Todd to say that with his arrival, this congregation is entering the promised land. (laughs) That lays far too heavy and far too many expectations on any one person. Just have to name that. However, this story does connect with our own in some very significant ways, and it's worth exploring those connections. So that's what we're going to do this morning. 
Perhaps the main point of connection between the biblical story that we've just heard and our own story is the common place in which we find ourselves. Like the people of Israel, we are standing right now at the edge of the wilderness, looking toward the promised land, looking toward a new chapter in the life of this congregation, a chapter that is filled with promise. You enter this time with anticipation and hope, looking forward to how God will work among you in this new space. As the people of Israel prepare to leave the wilderness and make a new beginning in a new land, they too look forward with hope and anticipation. They're entering a land said to be of milk and honey, a land of abundant provision. They will no longer need to eat the manna and quail that they've been eating for the last 40 years. And I would guess that would be a good thing. But as the people of Israel prepare for this new beginning, they also look forward with some apprehension, maybe a lot of apprehension. Given that this land is already possessed by other peoples, it is likely and highly understandable that they're going to be met with hostility and resistance. Yes, the future holds promise, but it also holds uncertainty and fear. And so as the people of Israel begin, prepare to begin this new chapter of their life together, they need assurance, they need guidance, they need a send-off that will prepare them to face the challenges that await them. What better send-off could they get than a word from the Lord? And that word comes to them through their new leader, Joshua. We hear this word in the first several books of Joshua, if you would read through them, and as God speaks to Joshua, and then as Joshua shares that word with the people. As we read that word, we hear three important directives. First, from Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. This was an important word to Joshua and to all God's people. So important. I don't know if you noticed when Linda read it. It is repeated four times in that first chapter of Joshua. Obviously, what the people of Israel were about to face required strength. It required courage. And this strength and courage would come to them as they remembered that the Lord their God, who had brought them out of Egypt and had sustained them in the wilderness, was with them and was with them wherever they would go. A second directive that we hear is this. Be faithful to my way. It's stated like this in Joshua 1.7. Be careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. In other words, the people of Israel already had access to the guidance and the direction they would need for this new endeavor. It was found in the book of the law, the law given to God's people through God's servant, Moses. God, the liberator who had freed the people from slavery, had given them this law to ensure 
their freedom and to ensure their well-being, both in the wilderness and also in this new land to which they were going. This law was about loving the Lord their God with all their hearts and soul and might. And it was about loving each other too, their neighbor as well as the stranger, the alien, the widow, and the orphan among them. Following this way would lead them to life. A third directive emerges in chapters 3 and 4 of Joshua, and there we hear this. Remember what I have done for you. Now, in this chapter, God prepares the people of Israel to make the river crossing. Now, the Jordan River at this time of the year was likely at flood stage, and the people probably wondered, how in the world are we going to get across? But God has a plan. The people are to follow the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which is carried by the priests, and they're instructed, follow it, follow it, so that you may know the way that you should go. For you have not passed this way before. So when the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant get to the river's edge, they're to step into the water. And when the soles of their feet touch the water, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above will be stopped. They will come to a complete standstill, and all the people will cross over behind them on dry ground. And then, 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel, are to take 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, from where they had crossed, and they're to carry them to the place where they're camping that night, and lay them down. These stones are to become a memorial, a memorial to what the Lord has done for them on this day. Well, according to the book of Joshua, the Lord does just as promised. The people follow the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to the river. And when the priests step into it, the waters stand still. And the people cross over on dry ground. This is the day that the people of Israel are to remember. And the stones that they have taken from the Jordan River are to help them remember, as we read in Joshua 4, verses 20 to 24, which I'd like to read for you now. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them. Tell them that Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until, before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. These three directives, be strong and courageous, to follow God's way, 
and to remember what the Lord has done for them was the send-off that the people of Israel needed as they entered this new land. It was a send-off that put them on firm footing as they began this new chapter of their life together. And it is a send-off that is relevant to us today, all of us here, as we stand at the threshold of a new chapter in the life of this congregation. We look forward to it with hope and anticipation. But if we're like the people of Israel, we may also look forward to it with some uncertainty, perhaps some fear. This change that we are entering into will mean needing to get to know a new pastor. It will mean learning to trust and to open hearts and to welcome the gifts that Pastor Todd will be sharing with you. And who knows? Walking into the space together may mean letting go of some of the old in order to make space to embrace something new. Today, as we stand at this threshold, ready to enter this new chapter with anticipation and with hope, and perhaps with some uncertainty and fear, we, like the people of Israel, need a send-off. A send-off that will place us on firm footing and help us navigate our way through the changes that await us. And what better send-off can we have than a word from the Lord? This morning, I believe that the word of the Lord to the people of Israel during that time of change and transition in their lives is also a very relevant word for us. First we hear, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We have the assurance that the God who brought us together and through this time of transition and to the place that we find ourselves this morning is with us and will continue to guide our feet wherever we go. Knowing this, we need not fear. Second, we hear, follow God's way. As always, we are called to look to God for guidance and direction, to set aside our own agenda and to listen for God's agenda. We are called to love God with all our heart, our soul, and our might, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are to allow that love to live in us and to shape our lives together. Third, we hear, remember what God has done for you and allow that remembrance to deepen your faith. God has been good to us. And now we are to take rocks from the river that we have just crossed together safely and place them before us as a memorial of what God has done for us.
the first rock, a very heavy rock, helps us remember why we are even here to begin with. Because of God's love made known to us in Jesus Christ, a love that transforms and forgives and heals and leads us and our world to life. We give thanks for this love and pray that it will be the foundation of the life of this congregation. And all the people said, Amen. The second rock helps us remember how God has brought us together into a faith community. God has called us not to be lone followers of Christ, but to be followers together. It is God who gathers this body to worship and to grow in faith and to care for each other and to serve God together in the world. Sometimes in our life together we have experienced struggle and challenges and pain. And through it we have also experienced some growth, and grace. We give thanks for this family of faith, a community of believers seeking to be transformed by God's mercy, grace, and love. And we pray that we might bear witness to that love in the midst of our broken world. And all the people said, Amen. Amen third rock. Our third rock helps us remember how God has provided strong leadership for our congregation, just like we need somebody strong to carry this one. Strong leadership for our congregation throughout the past 134 years. Through its charter members, through its pastors and elders and church boards, through able able and committed lay leadership. This leadership has provided vision and care and has helped this faith community become a healthy congregation. We give thanks for the strong foundation laid by our leaders and pray that this congregation will continue to build on it wisely. And all the people said, Amen. Our fourth rock helps us remember how God has provided for us during the past 20 months. We have been together. We have worked together. We have not gone hungry. God has provided abundant manna and quail in this wilderness. A hard, hard working church board. A wonderfully supportive bishop. A fully engaged pastoral care team 
engaging worship, and multi-voiced sermons, rich Sunday school electives, meaningful fellowship times, a Monday night meal crew that shows up faithfully week after week, a pastor congregation relations committee committed to the health of the congregation and its pastor, many people who generously share their skills to care for our facility and steward our resources. So many of you have stepped up to help share the load during this time of transition. And the opportunity to work together with you as a team has been a true gift to me. We give thanks for God's provision during these months together. We give thanks for all those among us who have been channels of that provision. And we pray that in the months ahead, each of us will be open to listen to God's call to us as we are asked to share God's provision through us with this body and with our community. And all the people said, Amen. The fifth rock helps us remember how God guided the work of the pastoral search committee during this time of pastoral transition. After many, many meetings, I don't even know how many, and after much hard work and perhaps some detours, the pastoral search committee came to spirit-led clarity that Todd Friesen was the candidate to be called to this congregation. And this congregation confirmed that discernment as it very, very strongly affirmed Todd's call. We give thanks for the work of the Pastoral Search Committee and for the guidance of God's Spirit in and through it. And we pray that we will continue to be attentive to the leading of that Spirit among us. And all the people said, Amen. The sixth rock helps us remember the way that God has worked in Todd's life to help him hear his call to East Chestnut Street. Not only did the pastoral search committee discern God's leading to call Todd, Todd also came to hear that call. We give thanks that Todd listened and that, God, that Todd responded to God's call to minister to and with this congregation. We pray that Todd will be strengthened and empowered for his work here with this congregation and that Todd, Danette, and Jasmine will feel this congregation's warm welcome and blessing. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. The rocks gathered from the Jordan River helped the people of Israel remember God's faithfulness to them. 
May these rocks, gathered from Jay Parrish's yard, <laughs> help us remember God's faithfulness to us in the past, present, and future. My hope is that these rocks can remain here and until Todd and Danette's arrival. As you wait for that day, you can see these rocks and you can remember what we've experienced together during this time. And when Todd arrives, may these rocks help you all together remember and celebrate God's faithfulness in bringing you together. And now as a way of affirming the faithfulness, the goodness, the love of our God, a love that is steadfast and unchanging, I've asked that we could sing together from Sing the Journey, number 27. <laughs> 